Joining the chorus, it's time for another North Melbourne Footy Club update with Dean Vasic and special guests on Hashtag Kangaroos. Hi, this is Ben Mackay from the North Melbourne Footy Club and you're listening to another episode of the Hashtag Kangaroos podcast. Here is your host, Dean. Thank you, Ben Mackay. Welcome to another episode. If this is your first time listening to the show, then welcome. My name is Dean Vasic. You'll find me on Twitter at hashtag Kangas or on Instagram at hashtag Kangaroos Podcast. I am also on TikTok talk, uh, as well. So uh, check me out there. I think it's hashtag kangaroos1 or hashtag kangas1. I'm not even too sure. I've just joined yesterday. I've done a couple of little videos, so you can check that out. Uh, I'm sure you won't have to look too far to find me there. Um, Anyways, I'm back today to preview the game coming up against Melbourne this Saturday night, and I'm joined once again by Siobhan Rowe. I was curious to get her thoughts on Taron Thomas now that he's back in the VFR program to start with. Also, I want to know more about uh, Blake Drury and what he could potentially bring to the side in the future now that he's playing forward in the reserves, plus lots of talk about other individual players and how disappointed she was for Todd Goldstein's 300th last week and the performance we put up there. So let's not muck around anymore and bring on Siobhan right now. All right, Siobhan, welcome back. A lot to go through tonight. I'll start with your thoughts on Taryn Thomas coming back through the VFL program. Now, we have talked previously about the amount of chances he has had. Do you think it's fair that he has had this many chances over the last 12 to 18 months and he hasn't really shown any remorse for his latest indiscretion, driving with his feet up on the dashboard? No signs of an apology except for the fact that he sent, uh, sent it to the wrong people. I guess my question is, do you think the club have done the right thing bringing him back through the VFL program? Hi, Dean. Uh, wonderful to be back with you for another week, even in trying circumstances. Um, yeah, no, it's a it's an interesting question um, and one that I think has divided a lot of our supporter base. I've been pretty clear on where I stand with it um, and where I stand with Taryn. Um, I think maybe being a female, I've probably taken it a little bit hard, especially the, the allegations that came out initially because um, I, I do know what it's like to, to be on the end of, of some really – vile kind of messages and and I I think it's more the lack of remorse that he's shown um in saying that I I can see what the club are trying to do um I think the contract situation's interesting um the fact that I don't think they can easily just kind of toss him out the door um due to probably legal situation um situations with money all that sort of stuff so it's not as simple as just saying as I have in the past um let's just let go of him so we'll see how he goes in the VFL program um I think one more indiscretion and it's probably curtains and it should be curtains um I'd hope that he's taking his programs more seriously than he has the last set um, where we did find out that he wasn't probably making as much progress. Um, So I think he's absolutely on the last kind of thread of the string. But um, let's see how he goes in the VFL program. I I still don't think we'll see him at AFL level this year. I'm certain that the club will probably give him as much time as possible to get himself right before they even think about getting him back um, on the footy field. So he'll probably have a good um, six months to sort this stuff out. Um, and then the club will make a, a decision in due course about what they do with his long-term future. 
yeah, and that's why I wanted to get your opinion on it because you are a female, and yeah, I didn't realise you experienced that sort of uh, sort of similar behaviour with uh, I don't know messages and all that sort of thing. So yeah, no, it's good to get your opinion on that. Now, yeah, I, I, I'm not too sure how the morale within some players would be if, let's say, in a month he plays a couple of good weeks of VFL football. Let's say he comes back in two weeks and plays VFL, and then gets selected for the AFL team. Uh, well, let, let's say someone like an Eddie Ford, who is a clean skin as far as we know, and he continues to flounder in the VFL team. I guess this could be an issue in the future. I mean, he is the type of player we miss, We are missing on the field right now, isn't he? But um, uh, uh, th- th- there's more layers to that than, than just uh, what he does on a football field. No, that's a really great point because, um, I mean, we all watched the game on the weekend and I think the type of player we were probably missing was a Taron Thomas, as much as it pains me to say. <laughs> um, I think he, he's a special talent on the footy field. Um, it's just really unfortunate for both Taron and the footy club that his off-field behaviour and repeated sort of behaviour that's been so poor has cost the club on-field. Um, but it's a, it's a good point, Dean, in that if he does um, successfully complete all the the tasks, the programs, the club have set for him. Um, he reintegrates within the group. Um, I'm, I think this is way down the track and there's probably time enough for him to slip up again if he does in the process. But if it does get to the point where he is ready to play um, and you, we've seen Drury who's been playing, um, Eddie Ford, players that are in a similar role to him, toil away for the year and not get rewarded, but Taryn almost comes straight back in if he does um, get through the VFL program and um, get his fitness base up again. Um, I think it would probably be really flattening for a lot of those players. So I'd hope that um, that our players that are playing well in the VFL get rewarded um, and that Taryn does have to bide his time through that system for a little while. Yeah, definitely. I, I mean, I can see it from both sides of, of the picture. I know the club um, have got you know an interest in his health and well-being, and they've got to support him as much as they can. But at the end of the day, I think, like you pretty much summed up, this is this is his you know close to his last chance. Depends on what his next indiscretion is. Hopefully, he can you know um, not do something uh, more stupid than what he's done probably in the last twelve months. But uh, yeah, and like you said. I think you can't just start sacking because there'll be AFLPO, there'll be lawyers involved where it's going to cost you millions of dollars. So it's just at the end of, at the end of the day, they would run this through the leadership group of six or seven people, and they would have said, "All right, let's just get him through the VFL program, get him back to the club, and we'll see if we can, um, yeah, uh, get the you know get the best out of him, not just on the field but off the field as well." So, yeah, time will tell over the next few weeks um, where we see him. Uh, we'll go to Ben Mackay. Now, I said on the pod last week um, that there'll be a team that will come out and have a huge offer for him because that's what agents do. They'll spread rumours, and I've got no doubt his agent has spoken to Colton about what they could offer so he can get more money at North. Based on his last two things, on his last two weeks, I I think his price has gone down a little. Are you worried about him leaving at all? And if you aren't, Siobhan, then when will you roughly start to get worried when he hasn't re-signed? I love Ben Mackay. I think he is such an integral part of our future. He is probably the best young key defender that we have on the list. Um, he's been developed nicely. He's a great intercept mark. Um, he's a good one-on-one defender. The last two weeks probably haven't done him justice. Um, I'm hoping that it's not um, 
an attitudinal thing and it's more a, hey, I've just come off a long injury. I haven't really started my season yet. I'm warming up. Um, potentially some issues with the game plan and with um, the way that Clarko's kind of um, – tweaking the way the back line performs. So there might be some teething issues with that that is contributing to his um, poor form of late. Um, but to, to go back to your question, I, I'm a little bit concerned more so of the fact that um, I I don't know whether or not – I'm no daddy love the club, but if we play the way we did against the Gold Coast for the rest of the season um, and we continue to get – beat by six, seven goals every week. I worry that we will lose him to another club and especially if that other club um, are not down the bottom of the ladder, so potentially a Carlton if he wants to play with his brother. Um, so I, I'm giving him time to re-sign and to get his sort of um, contract price up and all the stuff that, that goes with um, a, a great player in, in Mackay and um increasing his value, watching all that sort of stuff happen. But oh, I don't know. I think if if by the halfway point of the year and beyond he hasn't signed um, and his form hasn't improved, I'll probably start to question where things are at. Um, but I've got no doubt he loves the club. It's more about how we go and how he sees his role in the team going forward. Um, and I think the key to retaining any player is by performing well and um, having a, a role for them. So let's just hope that, that that improves and that'll improve our chances of keeping him too. What do you make of uh, Kane Corns saying he's probably only worth 400000 a year? Um, that seems a bit low, doesn't it? Uh, Kane Corns is worth none of my time, <laughs> none of my breath. So he's worth $0 to a lot of North supporters at the moment. Um, he, yeah, I, I wouldn't be yeah, surprised if Port Adelaide were, uh, were having a sniff around, if that's the case. Yeah, what do you make of that? A lot of supporters are saying, oh, don't worry about him. Like, they've always already given up on him, sort of saying, I'll let him walk as a free agent. We'll get a first-round pick. I'd rather the finished product than, you know, an 11th or 12th pick at this stage. Um, we don't need any more picks and any more young kids. Oh, we probably do, but, um, you know, I, I want the finished product. And, yeah, I don't think there's a better free agent at the moment than him right now. And that's counting players like Harry Himmelberg and a number of others, Mason Redmond uh, and so forth. Uh, is he best free, free agent you think at the moment? Oh, absolutely. I think yeah. um, all of us North supporters at the moment, I think we're just frustrated. Um, I, I, I think a lot of people have just thrown away what he's done the last sort of two, three years. Don't forget, he was probably one of the best key defenders in the competition last year. The ball was going in there so often, yet we would, his, it was a brick wall. Um, so, yes, the last two weeks have been disappointing. Um, there's probably numerous factors for that. But he he's our best key defender. Um he has t- – it's been a lot of work to get him to where he is now. Um, tools take time. He's starting to hit his peak and his stride. So whether or not um, the club want to just toss that out the window and then restart with another young fella that there's no guarantee that they'll even be any good in the long run, um, I think it's a silly move. I think we do everything we can to keep him. Um, he's an integral part of the future. Um, I mean, you look at the spine of our, our group is probably Mackay, LDU Simkin and Larky. And without having those key pillars and quality key pillars um, in that sort of 23 to 25 age bracket, um, we'll, we'll be um, in a worse off position. So I do think he's worth every cent and as much um, energy and effort as we take to, to try and keep him.
Yeah, I, look, I think there's a bit of posturing at the moment with the management. Uh, I don't think Carlton would have a room in their salary cap, although Mitch McGovern comes out of contract at the end of the year, so that's a bit of money that comes out of there. But I, I'm not too sure how serious that is. I mean, ma- managers will posture a bit and uh, try and get the best value they can for their client. I've got no doubt he wants to stay. But like you said, if we're going to continue to struggle for the next month or two, then you might want to you know, see uh, how it's all going because I- I'm sure, like everyone else, they probably, you know, uh, if a big club comes knocking uh, and he's got the potential to play finals in front of 80,000 people, then, yeah, he, m- he might do what's in the best interest of him. So, yeah, we'll probably uh, want to uh, start showing a bit more on-field form than we probably have in the last couple of weeks when he has come back. Now, we have another issue. Um, we've got many of issues at, at the moment, and that's small forward. Um, and I think that's becoming a really important position on the ground. And it, there's a prospect I want to ask you about, Nick Watson. Uh, let's say we finish bottom three or four, or fourth last. Is that too high for a prospect like him? Um, what's a good player comparison for him as well? Like maybe a Tom Papley type? Yeah, so um, it's interesting because it depends where we land on the ladder. Now, I'm not rooting for us to land last. That's the last thing I want to do because you do not want to be landing three wooden spoons in a row. It's just, it's just not a good feeling at all. So uh, uh, the clear standout this year is Harley Reid at pick number one. Yeah. Um, and if we are landing 18th, there will be clubs that will be coming at us with big offers for that pick because he is a Victorian lad. So certainly not the same. Um, concerns that we'd have we had with Jason Horn Francis. So he's he's the clear standout and a player that even though we've got a fairly um stocked midfield, you couldn't pass up on someone like that. Where Nick Watson is is a small forward that is also from Victoria playing for the Eastern Rangers. Um so in his underage year, he kicked 18 goals from seven games playing in the NAB League. Nine goals in the first two rounds. Um, he's one of those players that's really freaky, very mercurial type player, um, kicks goals from everywhere, really classy, has speed, can jump on heads, um, really gets in the face of the opponents. So he's got a lot of personality as well. So the player comparison, certainly like a Tom Papley, um, it really does depend where we land on the ladder, Dean, because this year's draft is filled with a lot of key forwards and a lot of key defenders. Now, I know we're really desperate for a small forward, um, and it does depend clearly how um, Nick Watson's draft year plays out, but he certainly, in his underage year, showed why he's going to be a really good prospect. So um, he's one that we've got to keep our eye on over the course of the year. Um, He's a good size at 169 centimetres as well, and, um, yeah, he's one that – I mean, we've got holes all over the ground. So um, <laughs> that's a, a potential selection as a small forward. But um, Harley Reid's probably the name on everyone's lips at the moment, considering the way the last sort of few weeks have panned out. Um, if we do land the bottom, he's the, the clear standout for us. Oh, yeah. I've got no doubt he'll go number one. Um... But, yeah, look, I mean, if we do finish third or fourth last, um, he might be able to compliment uh, Kane Turner uh, next year, you think, Siobhan? Nick Watson would not be tying Kane Turner's boot. <laughs> he was on the list at the end of the year, Dean, and I think by then um, Turner will probably be off the list and will stay off the list. Well, he might turn into Mason Wood, go to another club and be an All-Australian. So, who knows? Um, yeah, so we'll uh, we'll see how we go. Now, we had a big milestone last week, Siobhan, in Todd Goldstein's 300th game. 
Tremendous career so far. Still has a role to play at the club. What are your fondest me- fondest memories of him? Um, I think his All-Australian year was probably my favourite year. I know a lot of people bring up the, that mark against Geelong in the in the final. That was clearly a match-saving sort of mark and is iconic when you think of the name Todd Goldstein. But um, in 2015, I think just watching him and the year that he had was just quite phenomenal. He kind of changed the way I viewed Ruckman. Um, my view probably of a Ruckman at that point was let him hopefully get the hit out and, and hit it down to our midfielders and that's his job done but just the way that he transcended the game I mean he became like our most reliable midfielder as well as a player that could hit to advantage to the other mids and um kick goals and there's just this he was phenomenal in in that all Australian year so um probably just the way that he revolutionized the ruck position I think he was one of the first to kind of um show that that ruckman can be um, more than just a, a top sort of player. Um, I also probably think his durability has been one of the, the most impressive things about him. So every week he fronts up and um, he's able to perform, which is uh, quite phenomenal. So um, his durability has been another thing that's been really impressive about about Goldie. Um, and we, we, I don't know what North Melbourne looks like without Todd Goldstein in, in the middle. So, um, yeah, he's synonymous with the North Melbourne footy club. I also think of the word loyalty as well. I think he's um, yeah. an incredibly loyal um, player and a shin boner, really. Yeah, and that, that's a pretty uh, good way to sum him up. Very loyal player. He could have left, you know, for Geelong a couple of times uh, in the last few years. Um, not too sure what that noise is. Uh, yeah, sounded like a fax machine. Um yeah, and yeah, it could have left. Uh, yeah, in the last couple of years, um, and gone to Geelong, and yeah, uh, probably played in it. You know, gone for a premiership with them, but uh, showed tremendous loyalty, and uh, yeah, very durable uh, player as well. He used to, you know, when teams were playing two ruckmen, he would outwork uh, each of those ruckmen playing 100 percent game time in the ruck under Brad Scott. And there's no doubt we don't make preliminary finals uh, without him. He was he uh, was that good and that important to the football club. Um, in saying all that, how disappointed were you? Uh, with the playing group that uh, he seemed very flat, especially at the start of the game uh, against the Suns last week. Yeah, look, I said to you off air that I think that's probably the most disappointed I've been in this group for a really, really long time. Um, uh, When Clarko came across to North, I wasn't expecting miracles. That's certainly not what I I was expecting, but the first four weeks, we gave energy, we gave effort. And that first quarter, I felt we didn't bring any of that. Um, that was probably the, the most disappointing aspect. I didn't watch the last quarter because I was just really kind of frustrated with with the way that we played. Um, I, I don't know what I was expecting, but it wasn't that. I think when, like I mentioned before, when we think of the word the name Todd Goldstein, it's loyalty, it's effort, it's hard work, it's persistence. And I think we didn't bring a lot of that on the day. Some people might disagree with that, but um, I thought we were outworked and outhunted in many aspects of the game as well. Um, so I, I think he deserved better. Um, and I was really disappointed with kind of the way we went about the game. Um, we'll, we'll get to it a bit later in the podcast, but I felt as though a lot of the, the players in the back half especially just looked confused um, and we didn't work uh, work as hard as, as the Suns to get to the ball first. 
Yeah, I mean, and yeah, exactly right. It starts with energy, um, and that's the first step. And we have to be ruthless at the contest and the man. And last week we played like a social, sociable game of football. Uh, I mean, we get Simpkin back uh, this this back, uh, which will help. And I'm not saying we have to have 22 players like Zerha out there, but I would like to see uh, yeah, you know, and Kane Turner this week get in the faces of opposition a bit more. Um, Daniel Hur is out, you know, someone like him to frustrate his opponent. Little things like that. We want to see effort. And last week felt like last year for about 10 weeks in a row, where we lost um, 50, you know, 50 points to 100. Is that fair enough, Siobhan, or am I, or am I being a bit too harsh? No, it is. I think the way we deliver the ball inside 50 needs a lot of work, like a lot of work. So Larky looks severely hampered to me. So we were almost playing with just Combin as the key forward. Um, there are areas of the game that are, are just problematic everywhere. Like we're, we're not a complete package. We're, we're far from it. I think but in the first few rounds, I felt like we won those games because of the relentless tackling and the, the pressure on the opposition. And I didn't see that against the Suns. Now, I understand the group might have been tired, but in my view, I don't think that we have enough youth in that team either. The team looks unbalanced to me. Um, it was great to see Connors um, have, have a great game and and come back to his sort of um, clearance game and, and all of that sort of stuff. But I just felt as though, um, yeah, it was something was lacking in terms of the way that the the, the team looked. It just didn't look right to me. Um in terms, of, in terms of what you were saying before, Dean, about the the way that we, the way we move the ball it, against Brisbane, we were we were probably too quick. Against the Suns, we were very stagnant and slow, and I, yeah, it was hard to qu- kind of put my finger on why we looked the way we did. Um, maybe that we were missing a bit of that sort of useful exuberance in the side. Um, I, I'm not quite sure what it is, but I'm hoping that that will what we saw in the first four rounds will, will kind of be a bit similar to, to what we see against Melbourne. Yeah, I, I, I've got an idea. They've got to, you know, there should be a bounce back this week. I, I'm not too sure what uh, the margin will be or anything like that, but um, you couldn't um, play with any less energy than last week. And I think it was summed up, you know, I mentioned this to the boys the other day, at the end of the first quarter when we had a contest in the square and the ball spills, we had two people watching the ball, three people retreating to the goal square and two players going after the ball and yeah, you know, half yeah, you know, not not with real effort. And Jared Witt's kick kicks an easy soft goal with what felt like an attorney to get a kick away. And I think that picture from behind the uh, square tells you a story pretty much. So yeah, no, that was um yeah, it was really disappointing. We'll go to positives. We don't want to always be negative. And I think the you know, Steve and Combin, who, who were good last week, and Stevenson has been uh, very good considering how bad we have been last two weeks. So, you know, that, I, I guess um, it's good to see him finding some form and finding a, a role in the team as well. Absolutely, I mean, he's he's the type of player. What you get with him is is a contest. I think usually, um, and he's a half forward. Leave him there. He'll give you one or two goals a game if you get the ball to him in a half-decent way. Um, it's great to see him bobbing up with uh, a couple goals the last few weeks. He's probably been our most damaging player and certainly the most damaging player inside 50. He looks the most likely when he comes out on a lead or crumbs the ball. Um, his goal kicking's um, certainly accurate. I don't think we've ever um, seen seen him kind of 
play as, as well in terms of goal-kicking accuracy. So um, he's been awesome. Combin continues to grow. I think he um, – Larky's injured, Dean. I, I've got no yeah. doubt about that because he can't get himself kind of off the ground. So um, Combin's the one that's been um, able to kind of provide the contests and he's getting a bit of reward for effort. I'd probably like to see Larky play further up the ground if he's fit um, and he's playing this week and maybe have Combin – um, further back in in the goal square, or in a way where um, he can kind of play as the the more the marking target, because um, I think Larky's struggling at the moment. Common's great at his marking and his pressure. Um, he, I think what impresses me so much about Charlie Common is the way that he can attack the man as well. So um, his tackling has been fantastic, and he never sort of gives up. So. Um, they've been two really big positives. The form of Cunners was another one. Um, there weren't too many on the day, but um, certainly the form of those three have probably been um, the thing that's kept me smiling. Yeah, well, that, that's good. At least something's kept me smiling. I mean, if Paul Curtis kicked straight, then he could have kicked three goals. Um, I think he showed a bit last week too. Um, but, yeah, just a uh, couple of times he rushed his uh, kick, especially at the end of the game where he's about 10 metres out. <laughs> and uh, I, I still don't understand why people go for that snap anyway, you know, when they're almost directly in front. But uh, that's another issue. Um, yeah, Charlie Combin, you know, uh, we talked about energy. He brings that every week. You know, he, he does bring good energy. And he, and he does have, you know, a bit of that white line fever where he wants to get in the face of opposition. Which I which I do like. Um, we'll move forward now. A lot of supporters uh, are wondering why Goda and Bergman can't seem to get in, back into the team after good starts of the year. Should they be playing? I mean, I know Goda did a hamstring, so he'll be out for a while. But should they be playing right now? Yes, simple answer. Yes. So um, Goda unfortunately will miss with the hamstring injury. Um, if he hadn't have hadn't have injured himself, I would think he'd be in the team. I was calling for Aaron Hall to come into the side, but I didn't feel as though he provided that much run and sort of penetration out of the back half. Um, I think we out of the back half, we're we're just slow. There, what? makes a side in the 2023 Mon game of AFL footy so dangerous. It's those running halfbacks that can really create play from there. We don't have anyone of that note, of that value. Go to look like he could be, and with time and development, he can. Um, I think Bergman's solid down in the back half. Before he got sick, I thought he was really um, impressive. So I'd like to see them come back in when fit and available. Um, we just look so slow out of D50. Um, Sheasel, when he was tagged by Holman, we, we had no run or penetration or pace out of there at all. And I think when the midfield's not winning the ball and not getting into the forwards um, and the ball gets inside the back half, we're not running it out of there and we're also not even manning up. So it, it was just really bizarre on the weekend how far away the key defenders were from their man. So with no run out of there to even mop up the ball if it spills to ground, it was just strange to watch. Um, and then, of course, the mids do win it and it goes inside 50. In our forward 50, it didn't look like anyone was, was ready to mark the ball. So, um, yeah, to answer your question, I would love to see those two come back in as soon as possible. Bergman isn't playing against um, Melbourne, which is really surprising, but um, Goat is probably the one that will probably provide more drive. Um, so once he's fit and ready, I'd like to see him come back in. 
Yeah, I mean, to me, I, I don't know if you agree with this, but we, we look a bit too top-heavy. Um, yeah, I think Logue, Mackay, Zeeble and Core makes us too slow, and one of them needs to be out of out of the out of the team for a runner like maybe a Goda or even or yeah you know, or someone to that degree. Uh, based on form, there has to be Ice Core that comes out of that. So, you know, I, I don't think you should play all four. But based on form, I think caused the odd one out because you can't drop Zeeble. Mackay's, Mackay's finding his feet after an injury and Logue's been very good this year. Yeah. So I, I've been very vocal on Aiden Core for actually a few years and I've copped some nice feedback from some North fans about it. <laughs> um, uh, to me, he looks lazy and I hate using that word and I hate using that term but it just feels like he doesn't give a shit out there. And that's what's really frustrating is that I don't know. The last few weeks, it looks as though Clarko's implemented a different game plan and a different style. And from what I can read into it, he's gone, this is the way I, we want to play. Now, if you can't stack up to this, then we're playing this game solo anyway. You're in the sink or swim with it. That's what I feel like he's doing at the moment. And Aiden Core's thinking, I think he, he to me, isn't a great one-on-one player and he's also not a great intercept player. So what, what does mm-hmm. he bring? I mean, I just think sometimes he looks confused and a little bit sort of like he's disinterested almost. And I, I don't like saying that. This is not a personal attack. I just think if if any of the players had to come out of the back line to add some more run and speed, it's probably going to be him as he was always that third tall, but I don't think he's doing his job very well at the moment. Yeah, I, I mean, would you agree that um, we expected a bit more? I mean, we were waiting for that. We didn't want him to play as that second tall or first tall. So we you know, we brought in Griffin Logue and then you got Ben McKay or Jack Zebel. Um, did you? Would you agree that um, that should have made him a better player? And it's, it seems like the same player as last season where – it's um, yeah. I know, I know you haven't been impressed with him, but he looks and he looks a bit selfish. Like he doesn't, like you said, he doesn't intercept. Like he doesn't go third man up. He's he's just worried about. All right, I'll just stay on my, my man and not help out uh, my teammates. Um, so yeah, look, I'm yeah, I'm a bit worried about him because yeah, we did spend a fair bit of money to get him. I think he's on the third year of a five year contract. Um, he's out of leadership group this year as well, and he's on a bit of money, like five hundred thousand a year. So yeah, no, nah, it's 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 fair to you know criticise someone like that. And yeah, uh, I'm not too sure where he's at at the moment, and he probably shouldn't be getting a game based on form, should he? No, so. The top-heavy discussion is really interesting because I think Jack Zebel's done enough to warrant his spot in the side. I think Mackay and Logue are the two key defenders, and it's more about do we need a fourth sort of tall, and, and if one of them's to come out, it's probably core. Um, Logue and Mackay are probably the bigger bodies and can play on the, the talls and have intercept experience as well, where you're right, I think core unfortunately just isn't, providing enough to keep his spot if that's the way they want to go. But um, he's playing this week, so we'll see what happens um, in, in the side and, and hauls back and um, I think potentially had a down game against the Gold Coast, but I expected a bit more sort of attack from him. I know he can make mistakes at times, but um, let's just see what you've got, mate. Like run out of there and try and provide a bit of attack and drive for us. And um, if you get caught or you, you turn the ball over, it is what it is. I mean, I'd probably prefer – 
to see another young player be playing in that role because Aaron Hall's on the wrong side of 30. I don't think he'll be playing in our next premiership team. But um, there, there lies the argument is that are we also too old at the moment? Um, have we got that balance wrong as well as the balance of talls and smalls? Um, it just the side looks a bit off at the moment in my view. Yeah, I mean, like you got uh, Liam Shields um, and another bunch of you know thirty plus year olds. I think there was five or six on the weekend. So we can't use the excuse that we've got uh, we're playing kids either, which um, yeah, which makes it a bit a bit tough as well. Uh, one other player while we're talking about oldish players now, what about Hugh Greenwood? People are saying they can't play him and Cunnington in the same side, but they played rounds one and two, Siobhan, and we won. Why can't they play now? Great question. really great great question um i don't agree that you have to have one or the other but i can also understand what will happen if we do play both of them and we are not winning the ball very well out of the middle and we look a bit slow then the argument will be oh but you got two bulls in there that have no pace so then this is the end result of that so it's a catch-22 because they're both inside types. You probably say LDU's inside-outside. Powell's probably um, more inside. Simpkins inside. So where are we getting our run from? Um, Bailey Scott's kind of been down the last few weeks. He usually provides a bit of pace off the wing. Um, we dropped Darcy Tucker. I thought he did a pretty good job of providing a bit of outside um, pace for us as well. So I've got no doubt that Cunnington and, and Greenwood are great players respectively. But as a combination, they looked good the first two rounds. So we can't do any worse than having both of them in there. So I think both should be playing. Um, that's not the case against Melbourne, but Greenwood could potentially be the sub um, and they could bring him on late in the game. But I think the idea of the sub is to bring someone on with a bit of speed. Um, and a bit of pace at, at the end of the game, fresh legs. So um, it'll be interesting to see how Clarko utilises that this week. It'll probably be Daniel Hill, to be honest with you. So <laughs> I don't know what you get out of that. But, um, yeah, with uh, with Hugh Greenwood, he played like a high half forward early uh, in the first couple of rounds, almost going in as an extra midfielder as well. He's the type of player that brings energy every week, so I'm not sure why he couldn't be doing that right now. So, yeah, no, nah, look. He isn't in the team, so uh, the coach and yeah, the coaching committee uh, have their reasons for for that. So we'll see, yeah, we'll see how we go in the next few weeks. And he might be the sub again, so uh, which seems to be a common theme for him this year. Now, last couple of weeks, we've seen Blake Drury go forward in the reserves after being good as a rebounding defender. I've been with impressed. I've been impressed with him. Uh, knows where the goals are clearly, and he has pushed into the midfield for spells as well. What do you think he can bring to the team when he gets a chance? Youthful exuberance. I know that term is used so often and it sounds silly, but just having a debutant in the team, someone that's really worked hard for his spot, um, nice to see him uh, with a lot of flexibility in his game too. I think that's what he can bring his versatility to. So he's played in the back half. Now he's played in the forward half. He looks exciting in terms of um, his footy smarts. I think that's one of his great attributes from what I've seen in the VFL is that he's smart. Like you said, he knows where the goals are and he's got um, good skills and decision-making. So those are some of the things that, that he could bring. I'm really surprised to see him not make his debut this week because I thought he was probably the VFL's best in a game where we were thrashed by the Gold Coast. So um, he's one that I'm hoping will get a game soon. I think just having some more youngsters and and, and players that are uh, hungry for 
um, opportunity is going to do wonders for the team because I think at the moment we're lacking a bit of that as well. Yeah, are you a bit surprised that Wardlaw didn't get? I mean, we'll go. Might as well go to the team changes. Uh, are you a bit surprised that Wardlaw didn't get a look in? And it seems like talking to Clarkson today, he's probably still a couple of weeks away. Um, yes and no. More than more likely no. Um, I think with hamstring injuries, they're a bugger, and he missed he predominantly um most of the season last year in the, in the NAB League due to those hamstring injuries. So like Clarko said a couple of times, I think they're playing the long game with him. They want to get his loading right. They want to get um, his game time up to scratch and have him in really great form before they bring him in. In saying that, I'm not a strength and conditioning specialist. I don't know much about it. But uh, the last sort of few weeks, he had that rest in the VFL, but it looks like he's playing um, majority of the minutes. He's playing well. So it'll come a point where I think he'll be playing good footy. He won't be um, at any more risk to, to do an injury. So they'll probably um, decide that it's best for him to be playing in the AFL. Um, I expect it to be in the next few weeks because it can be demoralizing if you're um, doing everything right, you're playing good footy and you're not getting rewarded. Um, so I think for him and for our supporters, um, it will be a matter of weeks before we can unleash the, the warlord. Yeah, yeah, no, and very well summed up there. I suppose I didn't look at the bigger picture, I guess, and I guess at the end of the day, there's no rush with him. He's still a kid, and he's probably not going to, you know, win a, a game single-handedly just yet. Anyway, uh, we'll go to uh, players that did come in. Uh, CCJ, Colin Colin Jones comes in with Jai Simkin. Out of the side go Daniel Howe, Darcy Tucker, and Will Phillips. Happy with with those changes? Oh, and Liam Shields comes into the 22 as well. So you're happy with all those changes? Or would you like, like I, I know we've talked about it uh, a fair bit on the podcast, would you like to have seen maybe a Blake Drury come in as well? Yeah, I was really surprised to see Darcy Tucker come out. I think mm-hmm. the last, since he came in against as a sub against Frio, he's been solid. There are players that have been a lot worse than Darcy Tucker. Um, he hasn't been outstanding, but he also hasn't been poor. So surprised by that. Um, there are alarm bells in my mind ringing about Will Phillips. Now I know patience is the, is the big word um, and I'm, probably growing a little impatient. Um, he, was, he was subbed off in the third quarter, um, had a poor game, eight disposals, gets dropped this week. I think what we do with Will Phillips is we either play him in the AFL and allow him to grow his game naturally or you, you have him in the VFL for an extended period to get his fitness up, his confidence up. I don't like seeing him come in as sub, then AFL, then VFL. I think you make a choice about where he he stays for an extended period of time. Um, I don't know what this would do for his confidence. From what I've seen, he's a confidence player as well. So that was when I was a little surprised with. I know he had a poor game, but um, a pick three, you probably give him more time. Um, Tom Powell wasn't great on the weekend, but he still retains his spot. So um little surprise for Phillips. Um, I'm happy to see Callum Coleman-Jones. Like, I'm absolutely thrilled. Um, I was a big fan of him when we recruited him from Richmond. Um, his first year was probably underwhelming, um, but I'm really looking forward to seeing what he can do. I think against Gorn and Grundy, he'll probably be the Ruckman with Goldie, and both of them will interchange forward. Um, with Larky still not at 100%, I think Coleman-Jones' job would to be provide a contest, 
we don't expect you to mark everything, but at least um, get that ball to ground for Curtis and and Kane Turner and, and those and Zerha if he's up there to, to crumb the ball. So excited to see what he can do. Um, I'm sure he'll provide um, at least another target up there for us. So um, good luck to him. Um, and clearly, Jai back in is um, news to um, warm everyone's hearts. And we haven't looked the same sights as he went out um, in the second half against Brisbane. So um, with him back in there, I expect to see LDU if fit um, back to the way he was playing in the first sort of month of the year. Um, it'll strengthen Cunners and he's just um, a star in his own right. So good to see the skipper back, the kind of heart and soul of our midfield. Yeah, definitely. Um, he's had a very underrated good year when he has been playing. And like you said, we haven't been the same side when he has been out of the team as well. Cal uh, Connell-Jones now, well, I think, and you'll probably agree with this, is more of a forward than a ruck. And last year we utilised him in the ruck too much and we barely played him forward. I reckon he played you know, 10%, 20% game time forward. I think it's time to reverse that. And I think you know, uh, the way we deliver, if we're going to do- deliver the ball long, then he's a good option. Uh, at the end of the day, you know, it doesn't really matter on the ground because we don't have any uh, forward and uh, front square players at the moment anyway, so we're not losing much there. So, yeah, I, it's fair to say that he's got to be – he's more of a forward that plays 70% at least and 30% ruck. So I know that he came to North under the illusion of playing at more as a ruckman, but I think he is a better forward and I think he's better utilised and we need him to play forward at the moment. Um, so like you said, Dean, I think his job will be to just be a target up there. Um, the way we deliver the ball inside 50 is going to take years of work, I think. I just think it, it's atrocious. And at the moment, especially last week, it was just – it gave nobody a chance. So at least with another tall target in there, if we are going to bomb it in long, and I'm not condoning it, but if it does happen, um, at least he's there to kind of provide a contest or, or try and mark the ball because with Lever and May, it's just going to be an absolute field day if we don't at least have some tall target down there. So I think that's the objective of having him in the team is to at least have someone there to try and stop them from intercepting everything all day long. But in saying that, if he's not able to provide a contest, it'll just be an absolute field day for those two kind of premier defenders in the competition to um, pluck every ball we, we throw inside 50. Yeah, and I guess that's a good point. We've got to be a bit smarter. We can't just bomb it in all the time. Um, yeah, I understand you've got to go long you know, on occasions, but we've got to lower our eyes a bit better than we, we have uh, shown, especially in the last few weeks. So, yeah, uh, and that's where you can utilise the strength of Larky. He can lead up the ground. You keep Callum Collin Jones deep. And, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, Jake Lever is a good intercept player, but one-on-one, you can expose him. So, yeah, if we move the ball quickly through the middle of the ground, we can show a bit of pace, um, then it gives us opportunities to put up a score. Um, how do you think we'll go against the Ds this week in saying all that? Oh, Dean. <laughs> they're, um, they're a damn good side. So if we played like that against the Gold Coast, if we bring that same energy, effort and execution, we will get mauled. Um I'd like us to actually take the game on. So I know this sounds silly, but I that felt we were way too um, cautious against the Gold Coast. So if we at least try and use the corridor and run and gun a little bit more, um, if we lose by 10 goals, at least we lost trying or what, what it feels like we've lost sort of 
with a different method. Um, but in saying that, if we do play that way and we're not executing our kicks or um, things go awry, Melbourne are so good on the turnover, it's scary. So, um, yeah, this will be a game where I hope we just hang in there for at least two, three quarters. And if the game blows open, it blows open. But I wouldn't like to see a start-to-finish demolition job. Um, I'd like to see us at least put up a fight. Um, their one would probably – actually, our one would our midfield and, and theirs is probably their midfield as well. But they've got um, – yeah, they're, they're a really um, polished unit. So I fear for, for maybe if we don't bring that sort of ferocious pressure, um, how, how we'll go. Yeah, no. Is that? Do you think that's how we can export them? Like just by you know taking them on a bit more and try and go head to head a bit with them. Um, just simple one on one football. Uh, try and take the corridor on on when it, when we can, and yeah, um, give ourselves opportunities to kick a winning score. Is that? Do you think that's the best way we can actually put in a competitive performance? So don't forget they're coming off a five day break. Yeah, that's right. So, so with the Anzac Day Eve match, they've played. Yeah, they've got a, they're off a five day break, so that's something that that I think we can use. So if I was Clarko and and I'd probably be saying, boys, they're off a five day break. Let's try and run them off their feet. Let's try and get them tired so that we can at least sort of have them tired where they might make a few mistakes, or um, we can try and capitalize on that. So I think they're just so good in every line that it's hard to find a weakness, but the weakness might be if we put enough pressure on the ball carrier. If we um, do what we did against, you know, West coast and, and Frio and really um, show our speed um, and, and take the game on. I think that's the way we can exploit them, especially early on if they're tired and late in the game as well. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree completely. And I almost forgot that they're coming off a five day break. So yeah, it's, it's important that we do bring energy because we want to give them a couple tough contest, particularly early because they might be a bit flat after a, you know, a big five day break and a, and a tough game against Richmond, you know, Monday night. So yeah, no, it's, it's a good opportunity to play. If you're going to play them and I know we, we all don't want to play, you know, uh, you know, good teams, but if you're going to play them, this is probably the perfect opportunity to play one of the premiership fancies and really, you know, um, bounce back and, you know, um, you know, Kane Corns wrote another article about us today. So, you know, it's a good opportunity to use that as an incentive to, you know, uh, really stick it up with a few people and, you know, put in a good competitive performance and, and you know, um, not just uh, be the team that it was last week. So in saying all that, Siobhan, what's your final prediction? Are you ex- expecting a, a good comprehensive victory with Kane Turner kicking five goals? <laughs> I wish, Dean. I wish. <laughs> Sorry. Um, Sorry. <laughs> sadly, I think Melbourne pretty comprehensively, pretty easily. Um, I'd just like us to, to be competitive and to at least take it up to them in the first half. Um we know that they're, they're a, a premiership fancy. They're a really um, complete side. But I, I'd just like to see a bit more, what's the word, a, a bit more structure to us. I, I felt like the back line has been all at sea and I'm still trying to figure out what what's happening down there. But I'd like us to see, I'd like to see us play man on man a little bit more. So instead of peeling off or um zone kind of defense let's try and limit melbourne um by by playing on your man and, and see how we go that way instead of kind of zoning off so um let's let's hope that that we can try and nullify um 
the amount of times the ball goes inside 50, but when it does to try and stop them from taking marks inside 50. Um, and I'd like to see our small forward brigade kind of get involved a little bit more. Um, I think they were, the ball kind of gets waltzed out of our forward 50 too often, too quickly. So um, that sort of, that, those small incremental improvements I'm hoping to see um, on Saturday. And I mean, we're playing at the MCG. If the lads can't get themselves up for a big game at the MCG on a Saturday, then I don't know when they will. So let's just hope that um, they take the, their one game a year that the AFL decides to give us um, at the MCG um, in their stride and really put in a competitive effort. Definitely. Um, yeah, I, I'm not. A, yeah, I'd like to see us uh, not give up uh, give up so many uncontested marks in our, <laughs> in our defensive fifty this week. That'll be nice. I think it's uh, last two weeks have been like you know uh, sixty combined or something or something ridiculous like that. So or fifty five or something like that. So yeah, no, it'd be nice to yeah, like you said, the the defence looked a bit bit does look a bit confused at the moment whether they zone off or play a man on man. And at the moment they're probably not not doing either. So they they just um yeah give uh, giving too much space to keep forwards and if you're an out of form forward at the moment you'll find form playing against North Melbourne right yeah especially the last couple of weeks sadly yes sadly yes <laughs> yeah, and uh, I think the, the way teams are capitalizing on our turnovers as well has been um a pretty grim watch so I'd like to see us kind of I mean if we make mistakes we make mistakes but at least if we turn the ball over there's coverage of some sort in the back half to try and limit the damage yeah, yeah. Instead of being, I think it's, uh, I think there was occasions last couple of weeks where you see Todd Goldstein against three players or something like that or something. Where you don't know where the other defenders have gone. But uh, yeah, we'll see how we go on uh, Saturday. Time will tell us you want. Uh, did you want to add anything else before I let you go? I don't think so, Dean. I think um, we just got to all try and stick together. I mean, I was saying to you off air a little bit that I'm, I'm kind of over losing, um, but I know it's not a quick fix. It's not an easy, easy job. It's going to be years to try and get us back to being competitive and, and rise up the ladder again. Um, but this stretch for us is going to be very difficult. Um, we're playing some really quality sides that are just kind of hitting form. So um, I'm just hoping that we can stay with them and we can keep seeing small wins. I mean, um, it'd be nice to see players continue to take strides and develop and um and keep going so let's just hope for um another competitive effort and fingers crossed that we can come away and go you know we've got a player in in tom power we've got a player in um in paul curtis a more kind of um reinforcement that we're on the right track with the right group so fingers crossed for that that's i think that's all we ask at the moment definitely um yeah it's been a pleasure um siobhan i really enjoy the chat uh, you brought good energy tonight, which is uh, really important. So that's a first step in hopefully getting the team uh, uh, to have good energy on the weekend. And hopefully we can turn this form around this week against the Ds, like you said, and at least put in a competitive performance. Um, thanks so much for coming on, Siobhan, and I'm sure I'll chat to you soon. Thanks, Dean. Go, Roos. So thank you very much to Siobhan for coming on the show once again. I really enjoyed that chat. It was good to get her perspective on things like Taryn Thomas and how the club is travelling at the moment. There is uh, a little bit of a worry um, about uh, where we're at at the moment, especially after the last two weeks, but uh, we're certainly hoping we can turn it around and it starts this week with Melbourne. So that's it for today's show. Once again, thanks to all you lovely listeners for the likes, retweets and comments you put out on the show. Uh, I really appreciate it. Um, so Check out other episodes um, that I've done. Uh, I did one earlier this week uh, with uh, Mark and Frank. So check that out. That was on Tuesday. I have joined TikTok, so you can check me out on there. 
Um, and you can find the show on all good po- podcast platforms, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, to name a few. So that's it for today's show. I will be back probably on Sunday to do the hangover episode. So Sunday morning hangover, I'll bring that back uh, to get your uh, people's thoughts on on um, yeah how we sort of uh, how how we how you think uh, we went against uh, Melbourne. So I'll probably put out a tweet about that. Might be put something out on Instagram as well. So like I said, that's it. So today I will leave a shout out to. Justin at Justin Street 89. Bye for now and go Roos.